It's mm. not moist. It's not damp. It's not, you know, it's all the way down to my slacks and my <laughs> pants. <laughs> Episode 34 of Lunchtime in Rome. This is Eric, and I am here with Jay. We are sans Brian today, and we are very sad about that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to make another joke about it or something, but he's being a good dad. <laughs> oh, that's how we like to start a podcast off, with a frog in your throat. <laughs> there you go. God forbid we start smooth. But he's being a good dad, he's being a good husband, and he is uh, taking care of his family. Yeah. Um, and... I want to take this time to shout out our Facebook people that join us um, almost every week. We got a we got a decent crew every week showing up and and uh, watching the show live, which is great. We invite anybody else who wants to do that. We're uh, lunchtime in Rome on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter and uh, get updates uh, via um, you know social media channels. And you can visit our website lunchtimeinrome.com. Subscribe to our email. We send out our show notes at the at the uh, Right after we do the show, actually. And uh, if there's anything that we reference in the show that you want to look back on and, and check out, um, links are in there. And you can uh, check out anything we talk about. Um, that being said, logistics being over, Jay, if you want to give a quick description of the show and what we do. I sure do. The number one problem that everybody in the whole world faces, most common problem, is feeling alone. Mm -hmm. No matter where you live, no matter where you are, no matter what time you've lived in. No matter who you are. No matter who you are. What did I say? You said where? Well, yeah, you might have said who. <laughs> I'm killing you. Um, <laughs> if you're by yourself, it's not as good as if you're in a community. And I, mean, I don't mean necessarily geographic community, but a group of people in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we are focusing on the biblical verse, Romans 12, 15, which says rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And that is the key to keeping somebody from being alone. And so as you hear that, you go, oh, this is a Christian podcast. Nay, nay. It is a podcast for everybody that is founded on Christian principles. Um, I have spent many hours teaching different uh, individuals this kind of stuff who are not Christians when they start and they're not Christians when they're done, but they sure have learned to love people and to join them in their emotions and keep them from feeling alone. So that's the beauty of it. It works no matter who you are. Right. And that's what we do. So we spend the first 20 minutes catching up and really modeling what that looks like. Yeah. Too often you get with your friends and you share your story and they're just waiting for you to finish so they can tell you their story. But there's no joining each other in your story. And so we live these parallel lives and nothing ever gets done as far as feeling less alone. So we model that in the first 20 minutes. Talk about life. Talk about food. Join each other in ours. We celebrate and we also mourn. The next 20 minutes we talk uh, about a topic, a instructional something, a way to look at how do I keep somebody else from feeling alone or how can I do a better job with my spouse or my family? And then the last 10 minutes, we look at stories of epic failure in society where they have not only uh, made somebody feel alone, um, but they've made a fool of themselves in the process. And that is our do better segment. 
but we, we rally and we tell people how to do things well, or we highlight how someone has done something well where they yeah. can't do better at the end. Yeah. And last week was 4th of July. Bing, bang, boom. So one thing I wanted to, because I was trying to think of like, man, what have I done this week? And, um, but last week we had 4th of July. We hung out at Brian's pool in the afternoon, which was fantastic. And then we came back here, put Maggie to bed. And then, um, we, meaning Hammonds and Mitlows, yes, watched a great fireworks show in my backyard because my neighbor puts off. We watched a very good fireworks. fireworks show in your backyard. Okay. And then we watched a great fireworks show next door. From my yard. From your yard. <laughs> well, but it was your neighbors. But I mean, yeah. yours were fine. They were they fine. They were great. I got, I got pretty much free fireworks. You didn't blow up the kids. Didn't blow up the kids. They Almost had once. I feel like they had a good time. Joe was lighting stuff off. Ethan was lighting stuff off. All good stuff. Bella had sparklers going. I had seven dogs sitting on top of me. Oh, my God. And it was, you know, a nice, cool night. So it was very enjoyable having, uh, you know, all the... All the uh, Dogs on top of us, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so hot. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of air though. I mean, it was only about eighty nine hundred percent humidity. Right, and, and with them breathing the, on you, and then you had the smoke from the fireworks. In it was good. It was good. It was good times. Good times. <laughs> but um, the uh, the fireworks show that the, that our neighbor put off was it was awesome. It was like real fireworks. It, it and was, I know you can buy real fireworks, but that doesn't mean when you set them off, they look like real fireworks. Right. Which is what he was able These to do. He said the ones that like explode once and then the little pieces explode yeah, yeah. the second time. Yeah, like, he did. That's, a, that's a legit fireworks. I, I don't know. Did you even check like what his, I don't know what they call it in the industry, his rig was? Well, well I saw them the next day. I, I got a glimpse of like where what, what they look like. And it looks just like a big square box. And you just light the fuse and then there's different types so he that does. come He's out of the box. He's got a little more technology behind his setup. no i think you just buy it like that oh, he just you bought just, better fireworks. you buy the box and you just light the fuse and it just goes off it's ready to go right mm-hmm. out of the box literally right out of the box why didn't you buy that kind i don't i didn't want to spend that much money okay because <laughs> those are in the section of the store that i don't go to right it's like the old uh, <laughs> it's way in the back it's like the old days of the video store like behind the swinging doors <laughs> i don't go back <laughs> there right um but yeah different it, reasons <laughs> It was awesome, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I think I might. I mean, I think I. Fall goes well, and we're still friends, you know, neighbor, you know, neighborly. I think I might, you know, just say, "Hey, if I just give you some money, because he's a veteran, he got you buy one get two free That's at right. Phantom Fireworks, so his his dollar goes way farther." Um, and I said, "Hey, you know, I might just throw some some money his way and say, hey, just buy more of whatever you buy.'" Right, and you don't buy any; you just let him. Put on the show. Oh yeah, just let him throw him. Yeah, throw him up. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it was great. That was that was a great night. The other thing I've been I've been working on my egg game, and I think I finally have like the the way to like actually cook the egg. And I don't know if this is right or not. Hey, but I'm specifically making an omelet, and um, but the method of cooking the egg, I don't even know if this is correct. It's probably not, but I get my, my little, my, like my little pan hot, like real hot and well, not like high heat, but it's, it's like, I'm not like putting it on and then putting the egg right in. I'm letting it heat up a warm pan. Yeah. It's you like, wouldn't, you wouldn't put your, your hand on it's it. It's warmer. Yeah. Well, it's warmer than I've normally done it, okay. but it's like a medium heat all the way up. Let it sit there for a little bit. Let it get hot. 
put a little bacon grease in mm-hmm. just a little bit and i actually kind of wiped it with a paper towel so it's just a like just a right, tiny not bit a ton. yeah and then drop my eggs in and now when you say your eggs I, two eggs but you're saying an omelet with some milk in there, you know, okay, mixed up, yeah, okay, okay. Well, your egg mixture, your omelet mixture, yeah, not it, eggs, your just, omelet mixture, right? Just eggs and and milk, a little milk, and um, and then like real quick, drizzle the onion that I had over and put the cheese in there, and then, like it was like perfect, like it started like cooking perfectly. I flipped it over real quick, and it was. I've never like made it that perfectly. I'm like, this looks like a restaurant. It didn't look like scrambled eggs. Bingo. Because that's what like a lot of times it turns into or it's too done. And then you flip it and it's all dried out. Yeah. And you like crack it. You know what I mean? This one, like it like creeped, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, you know, just creeped over. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to be good. And, and there's going to be a picture of it in our show notes. If you want to see it, it's that good. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It turned out great. Turned out great. Yeah, I don't do omelets for that very reason. I don't have the time or the uh, the patience because it's just like it becomes scrambled eggs. But it doesn't take time. It takes technique. Technique. Because it, it doesn't take long. I mean, I could probably. No, at the same time, you just do it better. Yeah. Do better. Do better. Do yeah, your omelets better. Do your omelets better, Eric. So and you good. did. I did. So you can't. Winning. Do better. <laughs> better. Right. That's the show, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> you guys listening. Uh, check us out on. Uh, <laughs> so what do you got going on this else. week? I've been marrying everybody, and I've been meeting with everybody Does to marry Rachel everybody know? else. <laughs> um, that's apparently my go-to noise. But I uh, did a wedding on Saturday. Here is the amazing thing of what happened to me on Saturday. I married uh, a former volleyball player of mine, who Steph Strauss, and Aaron Norris, her fiance, which makes sense, who played for me, and now she comes to church. And she's the athletic director at the high school. So she's now also my boss, which is just a wonderful dynamic. That is a lot. It's a lot going on. Different relationships going on. Right. And so the wedding was Saturday and we had a lot of thunder showers Saturday afternoon. And the wedding was outside in a giant pavilion. Uh, I mean, there was 165 people there and they were all under the pavilion at this Avonworth community park. Yeah. And I started to sweat. Before the wedding, because I'm wearing a full suit. Now, it was 90, but then the rain came, and now it's just 80. But it's muggy. 7,000% Humid. humidity. Yeah. And Ooh. I realized, and so and I did, and I'm sitting there going, when I got dressed, I was like, T-shirt and dress shirt or just dress shirt? Because one will protect mm. the dress shirt, but on the other hand, I'm adding another layer, plus I got, right. a, I got a suit coat on. See, I go, I go T-shirt underneath. I should have done that. <laughs> I almost passed out at one point do it during the wedding. I mean, it was so hot. I was leaking. Wow. I mean, I'm making sure my knees are bent. And I was like, am I sick? Am I dehydrated? It was one of the most tense things I have been through. And, and I just, and, and, and it became like an emotional thing. Like, why am I sweating? And before the wedding even started, I realized my shirt is soaked through. Like it's, it's wet. It's mm. not moist. It's not damp. It's not, you know, it's all the way down to my slacks and my pants. <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't have a handkerchief. So I had like these napkins and I'm every time somebody else, like if they're, they're doing a reading, I would mop my brow. Oh and yeah. It was just crazy. And so when the wedding was over, we drove to target and I bought another dress shirt. <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of weddings. You got time, <laughs> right? You got time. In you between. got time. Even though the reception was 60 feet away in their main building. Oh, uh, there was a Target 
1.5 miles away. Boom. And then, of course, you know, did some more pre-marriage counseling this week. And it's, it's so much fun to do. And I teach them this kind of stuff. And I love the aha moments, you know, where I explain something and the poor ways people emotionally respond. And you see the person like, oh, yeah, that one's mine. You know, and I so and I'm just before this, I was talking about the next wedding, which is coming up August 3rd. Which in my mind, I'm like, ah, I don't have another wedding until August 3rd. Oh, well, summer's over, remember? That's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So uh, that's what I've been doing. I mean, sure, I'm cooking and I'm and I'm trying to that first ranch dressing I worked on last week, still a little too watery. Well, Tuesday night you had regular, you had a bottle ranch. Yeah, that was different. Yeah, well, I, I, I are you going to share your ranch if, on Tuesday gets, night? When you get it right. I, <laughs> I mean, I'll make enough. It's, it's a container issue. You know, cause you get, I guess if you scoop it out. Because it's not a squirt bottle is my point. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's yeah, when we'll make the it. real money. I said it. But anyhow, I'm getting better at it. Um, if, I mean, if I want to have it just be like a dill dressing, then I can bang that up. That's no problem. I can, I can do right. the dill. It's the ranch. Like the ranch has a specific. Yes. That's right. And every ranch dressing recipe I look at, it's chive and parsley, chive, parsley, maybe a little garlic, maybe a little onion, but chive and parsley. It doesn't even call for dill. There's a song there somewhere. That's right. <laughs> but, um, and then I think, so I basically I'm making it like a dip, half mayo, half sour cream. And then I make it more of a dressing by adding just a little bit of buttermilk. Whereas all the recipes tell you, leave out the sour cream, go mayo, buttermilk, too runny. Mm, yeah. So I don't know. And plus, I'm using fresh. You got to use three times the amount of fresh to equal the same amount of dried. Right, because it's more pot- the dried's more potent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's my second batch. You know, because this week I made, like I said, a dill dressing, and that was what I could have served last night, but there was only like a little bit left. Yeah. And I had made my next batch. Dill's still good though. Dill's good. Yeah. Dill's good. So, so that's I, what I'm working on. I saw Anthony DeMarco said the old one upper. I'm not sure what that was in reference to. Because we were talking earlier about how we live parallel lives, that some people just wait for you to finish your story. Ah. Well, I did I ever tell you about my hot wedding story? No. So, got to be a better way of saying that, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to uh, Midnight in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hot wedding story. Shout out to Tyler and Alicia. They got married out in uh, Ohio because that's where they live. And I was in their wedding. I was I was a groomsman. And I can't remember the name of the farm, but it was on this beautiful farm on this hillside that overlooked just, you know, just rolling hills. And like Ohio. when someone says, I want a farm wedding. Oh, this dude, this was the most Pinteresty wedding ever. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So we were on this hill where the ceremony was. And then later on, there was the, the reception was in a barn. And like every place setting was like a Victorian fancy plate setting. How'd they get the air conditioning in the barn? But they were all different. That was like the one thing that was crazy. Like everything, nothing matched but it all went together. Right. Right? Ah, There's no air conditioning in the barn. (laughs) Um, However, where we like got dressed and stuff, that was air conditioned. So that was good. So we had a place to hang out at least. But during the ceremony on top of the hill, heat coming down, um, we're singing Holy Spirit, you know, so Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, that, that clears it up for all of you who are listening who <laughs> don't know the song. Well, I don't want to keep on singing because I'm I not good at singing. Um, and the groomsman next to me, to my left, he like just taps me and he says, Hold me. And I'm like, <laughs> Bro, like, Sir. I mean, I'm feeling this moment. 
but I'm good. You know, we're up front. You know, I don't want to like start swaying, you know, like we're at youth group, you know, back in club, you know, whatever. And, uh, and I, and he said, he said, no, I, I, I'm going to faint. I'm going to fall over. And like, as soon as he said that, like he like collapsed into me and I was like, Oh my gosh. So then two people come up and grab him and take him away. And I'm just like, like just I'm like dumbfounded because I've never been around somebody that actually like and fainted. He knew he was going down. He, That's he the knew worst he part. was going, and I felt so bad for him. And at like, least you caught him. Yeah, right. I was that right there. Been awesome. Yeah. If, if you like back away from him, slump. <laughs> oh, good. Woo, get off me, bro. Um. Oh, timestamp that. Um. But. Um. He never came back. And so then. Gonna, so then. Wait. I thought you were going to say, he never came to. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we missed Polly. No. It um, really left a he, bad uh, taste in the bride's mouth, Alicia. <laughs> Sorry. No, he never came like to get back up there for the rest of the service. So um, I, we called an audible, and I took two. That put me at the end of the line. Yeah. So I took two bridesmaids down. You got rid of Waved him. to my wife. <laughs> What's up, like, baby? See you, babe. Look what hell that looks <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was wow. That's a hot wedding story. That's a hot wedding. I had story. a bridesmaid pass out one time at uh, Chris Bonadio's wedding. Ah, Chris Bonadio out of Chestnut Ridge Golf Course. Same thing outside. wasn't that hot though? But she was in the sun, locked her knees up, and bloop, she went down though. That she didn't have, she didn't have Eric Hammond to catch. Oh uh, man, I wow. think it was my preaching, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been during the vows, so maybe that doesn't make much sense. But, uh, you know, you got a story. You got a story. Everybody has a story. And what happens is, you know, it's not going to affect. I've seen Dr. Phil episodes where, you know, something bad happened on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. And then the bride's like, oh, it's ruined. It's ruined. It's ruined. No, what really ruins marriages very often are when you don't have your emotional needs met and you don't you're not able to be open and honest and vulnerable and how to get them met and there's no mutual giving to have them met so you manipulate the environment in a way to get them met and what we have found is you can look at that as a behavioral game mm-hmm. and we've been looking at different behavioral games couples play and we've gone over all the ones we play yeah and we're going to go over two tonight and wrap it up this will be our fifth and sixth behavioral game check out past episodes not the last two but the ones before that where we went over the first four yep um but tonight we're going to start with a real easy one and uh it's not me so this is one of those ones i read and i'm like who does this except i know these people the first one is it's called the blame game okay and in this game which commonly has two players which again these can be played in families and things like that but we're looking at it from a, a boyfriend girlfriend husband wife kind of a thing each partner blames the other for something that is really his or her responsibility the game begins by one partner in some way pointing out a problem expressing a need or in any other way making reference to the partner's responsibility well this reference to a responsibility is met by a justifying rationalizing counterattack of blame the ac- the accusation provokes a similar blame attack and the game is on and it goes on back and forth example You know, if it weren't for all your nagging, I'd come home earlier. Well, if it weren't for all the nights I was left alone, I wouldn't have had an affair. Well, I wouldn't say such hurtful things if you wouldn't provoke me. I wouldn't spend so much money, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it goes after another, you know, but it's simpler than that. And it's more, 
subtle. Like another example might be, um, I can't stand how you get so mad in traffic. Well, I wouldn't be mad in traffic if we left earlier. Well, we'd leave earlier if you got up earlier. Well, if I wasn't doing all the chores you asked me to do last night until two in the morning, I could have gotten up earlier. Well, if you did on and on and on and on, and it just goes on and on. And it's funny because when I do this, how I said, this isn't me. So I don't identify with this game. Right. Then all I have to do is find that couple. And I'll know that couple. And I'm like, oh, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because I can think of two couples, actually. And for everybody who's listening right now, it's probably not you. But because <laughs> they're going, is he talking about me? <laughs> but the benefits, the, the blame game is played in order to avoid a personal responsibility for one's own actions by diverting attention to your partner's behavior. Right. It isn't your fault. It's their fault. Right. That's, that's quite simple. But another benefit is to avoid being wrong which to the perfectionist or self-critical person is very important. Those with low self-esteem would be particularly vulnerable since to admit wrong could be devastating. So if I have this fear that I'm not really a, a good person or I'm not really pulling my weight in this marriage or I don't really have a lot to offer my spouse, if I have that kind of a feeling and my spouse is upset with me, I'll be damned if I'm going to tell you it's my fault. Right. (laughs) So I'm going to show you. No, it was your fault. It was your fault all along. Right. Um, Unmet needs. You know, they both have many. (laughs) This is people who have been hurt a lot. I was going to ask you, like, where where does this stem from? Well, as far as present day unmet or childhood? Well, I mean, present day is you're not getting your emotional need met from your partner. So that's where that is. But also it can come from unhealed hurts. So... Uh, let's say of present day relationship. Let's say Rachel took my golf clubs and sold them to buy a new shop vac. Yep, because she loves to clean. Yep, and I'm like, how can you sell my golf clubs? Right. How did you find someone to buy them? But that's another story. <laughs> and we have this big fight, but we don't resolve it. Well, now I'm still mad about the golf clubs, but we've already talked about the golf clubs. I can't bring up the golf clubs again because she's going to say, with the golf clubs again? Right. But I'm still pissed about the golf clubs. Right. So now I can't bring it up. So the next time she says, hey, can you cut the grass? Uh, you know, it's getting long. I'm going to go, wait, you sold them. In my head, I say, you sold my golf clubs and you have the guts to tell me to cut the grass? Right. You know what? Why don't you do the laundry? Oh, well, why don't you? Right. We're not arguing You're about You're still dealing with the, we're still the arguing about of the, the golf, golf clubs. clubs. Right. right. Yeah. So that's the other place it can come from. But, like, I'm thinking, like, childhood hurt. Well, if we go to unmet childhood hurts, it's really low self-esteem. You know, if they grew up not feeling like they were worth anything. Yeah. Um, A very critical, hard-to-please environment is very often the case. So nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever good enough. So there's a really high need for approval or, or, sorry, acceptance. Yeah. Um, You couldn't please them. Or the exact opposite, which is a neglectful parent. You're just not even there. Mm. They're not even there. You're not even there. Like you don't matter. Right. You're invisible. You can cry. They don't care. Right. You know, we talked about attunement. If your parents weren't attuned to what you were doing. Yeah. Then you're just going to be mad your whole life because you don't matter. Yeah. You don't exist. Um, you know, and the ways to get out of the game is to have an accountability again to God and to just sort of talk um, to God about where things are. Um, and resu- assume responsibility for your behavior. Like you got, what I would say is out of conflict, have a sit down with somebody else yeah. and say, 
was that my fault really right <laughs> you know for the girls your your best girlfriend for the guys yeah. your dude who can call you on something right not your yes man right and not your yes lady right somebody's gonna tell you like it is right yeah you need that and so hopefully through that you can learn to be that with god yeah and give god an if you so if you're a christian you have that moment and you're quiet of your spirit not in the conflict right but you sit there and you do that um you know and and look for where you're wrong in all things. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. I yeah. mean, that, this game is tough because you're dealing with such a historical level of hurt and lack of self-esteem, right. which is true basically in well, all of these fun- cases. Well, it's funny. You said, like, we started off, this is an easy one, and now it's, like, a hard one because, like, it, goes, it cuts so deep. Well, it's, it's easy in that, like, you just want to say, stop it. Right. You can identify, <laughs> you can identify it really easy, and yes. it's like, okay, we know what the problem is. Stop it. Real hard to but stop. But the hurts go deep. Right. And, and, and with all things, handle conflict outside of conflict, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, because, of, you know, you're going to, you may say something that you don't mean in the conflict. And I feel like sometimes you might be hearing the wrong things. A lot of times you might hear like, "Oh, I'm the I'm the right one. I'm you know I'm I'm the right one in this situation." Whereas, like, if you take the time, like you said, ask God, you know, "Am I wrong?" or ask a friend, right. like, "What do you think? What's your opinion?" And then they could kind of see like, "Well, if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, because they might be seeing it like this, you know." And you, and you can't do that in the moment. And a lot right. of that is because the right brain, the emotional side of your brain, works exponentially faster than the left side of your brain. Right. So in conflict, you're what? You're emotional. Right. So that's just going, F you, F you, F you. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Not this time. I can't believe you did this. Yeah. And the left side of your brain's going, um, you know, <laughs> it could be your fault. But meanwhile, you are gone. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, right brain, left brain, speed difference, just think about if you come downstairs in the middle of the night, you heard a noise, and there's a guy there sitting with a gun pointing right at you. The right side of your brain makes you pee your pants and you go to fight or flight and you run and you scream and you yell or you attack or you do whatever. Right. The left side of your brain is the one that's saying, you know, the Bible says fear not for I am with you. <laughs> right. That's not your first reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's a half hour later. You go, wow, I got out of it or whatever happens. Right. You don't say remain calm. <laughs> Tuck, duck roll or whatever else you know like oh wait no silly that's fire not (laughs) (laughs) gunfire so in a a conflict with another especially with a loved one the right side's flying yeah second game second game two games two games two chains (laughs) frustrated by never enough now you might go jay didn't we do this earlier with as i turn the page a different one all right. Oh, the performer versus yes, but. Yeah. Well, this is different. Yes. Because in this one, someone gets frustrated. <laughs> I'll start with the example. Okay. The never enough person says, I wish we had more money to spend on the house. Frustrated says, you know, my overtime schedule starts next week. So we'll be able to buy some new things, honey. Never enough says, I just don't like that you work so much. Which... <laughs> I mean, isn't that great? Uh, this just makes me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's like that's one of the most perfect examples I think I've ever. Like that explains it all right there. Right. Never enough. I can't think of where I'd like for us to go eat. 
Well, I'll tell you what, let's go here tonight. I, I usually enjoy that. During dinner, never enough. Yeah, I never wanted to come here in the first place. This place is just awful. <laughs> I, I, I highly dislike this person. <laughs> the funny thing is, if we, I'm going to skip to the end. The way to end this game is you hit never enough over the head with an anvil from the Acme Anvil Company from Bugs Bunny. and uh, That's no. probably way better. Just not, kidding. We're not advocating violence. Right. That's why I went with a cartoon thing. Right. It's hard to hit somebody with an anvil. It's very, it's, it's too much work. Uh, the never enough game helps keep a relationship agenda always on the table. So the never enough person always got them on a string. And I always want to make sure we're talking about this relationship. Has the other person on the string. Has frustrated feel on like, a string. Yeah. I feel like that's a very key part of this. Yes. Because there's people that are never happy, that are never like content. But this is... I don't want to say malicious, maybe like subconsciously malicious. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, it is malicious to keep somebody, to never let somebody be achieve the carrot that you're dangling in front of them. Right. But I don't think they're like aware that they're doing it. a lot of these no, games. Like no. people aren't like conscious of that. They're like doing this. You know what I mean? I would say 90% of the time they're not. Right. Because they're subconsciously trying to get their needs met. Right. That aren't being met in right. another way. They'd be psychotic. Yes. Yeah. The message to the frustrated partner is, I need you around. I need you to keep trying. Yeah. If only you do this or that. Never enough. This is what I love. Never enough. Find something else to be dissatisfied about, <laughs> and the game continues. Here's what, here's what I like. Frustrated may become angry, give up, or seek appreciation elsewhere. Mm. Never enough may not even know that the game is going on. Mm. And I would say the same thing of frustrated. Of frustrated, they don't know the game's going on. They're just like, what? Uh, you know. And right. so, they and why wouldn't you go elsewhere to get your needs met? That's what happens, right? Right. Never enough may be unconsciously played by the overly needy partner who needs attention, security, or intimacy, but searches them for them through a partner's performance. Mm. This game may also be prompted by never enough's fear that the spouse will not be motivated to give without constant messages of dissatisfaction. As long as the couple continues to play, the fear doesn't seem to the fear. This fear doesn't have to be faced. So as long as I keep telling you what you didn't do or what you did isn't enough, I don't have to face the question of whether or not you would do it if I was satisfied. Yeah. You love me just for being me. Or you love me because I keep telling you what I have, what I need to have done. Right. Never enough often has many unmet emotional needs, but seeks to feel special or secure through a spouse's performance. Um, frustrated often needs approval. So they're the one who's always just trying to, to, you know, I did my best. I'm doing a good job. I'm I'm carrying my weight. I'm I'm being the dutiful wife to that demanding husband or vice versa. Yeah. And they just want that approval. Unmet or unhealed childhood hurts. Never enough, often missed much, but may have developed a self-sufficient performance to cope, thus the pressure for a spouse to perform also. So they may have had this absence of attention, this absence of their own approval. So they're like, I'm just going to take care of everything myself. And that's how I know that I was taken care of because I took care of me. So yeah. now you need to take care of me. You need to take care of me. Yeah. Um, but I would also say very often that person that was 
sort of somebody's princess or somebody's special boy, the helicopter child, um, where everything was taken care of and everything, you know, that's what they're used to. Yeah. And so therefore, Hey, this is what you've got to do. It's, yeah. You know, sort of being spoiled. Yeah. So it can be both ways. And that's, the, that's one of the more amazing things is I teach emotional needs to people. There's no real over rhyme or reason. You know, you could have had this need met your whole life and you have no need for it now. Or as a, growing up zero to 12, you maybe got all the affection in the world. So now whenever somebody starts to give you affection, you feel smothered. Because you had it growing up. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, that doting mother, doting mother, doting mother. Like, I just want to be my own man. Yeah. But on the other hand, you could have had it. So, therefore, now you need it because you're used to it. Yeah. That's interesting. You could have not it. could go either it. way. Well, like Rachel and I, I was raised in a I love you family verbally. But we weren't a huggy family. Okay. And, and I, I like a good hug. I would, yeah. uh, you know, as, as the world knows, Rachel was not raised with an I love you or a hug. And she has no desire for hugs. So what about what about I love yous? Yeah, I mean, she, uh, it's a good question. It, it doesn't bother her. But I think if I didn't tell her that I loved her for a week, I don't know that she'd notice. Yeah. If I acted like it, she sure would notice. Sure. But my point is, neither one of us had hugs growing up. I would love her to hug me more. Yeah. She has no desire, and she's fine with it. Yeah. And we've talked about it, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah, but You've so been open, honest, and vulnerable with, yeah. with, with each other about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, frustrated may have missed out on approval and acceptance, feeling a conditional pressure to perform. Mm. And I would also say they may have missed out on some attention because at least my spouse is paying attention to me. Yeah. You know, and so that's a good thing, even though it's bad attention. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't talk about how to break that game. My bad. Um, the frustrated one, which is really hard, because if you look at it, it's like, eh, it's not really his fault or her fault. I know, right? Because, like, if he's doing everything that he's asked to do, I mean... Well, or she. Or she. Or she. Can't do better. So what they have to do, what they can do, is express their commitment. Out, again, outside of conflict, say, I want you to know, you know, l what is the fear? The fear is you're not going to love me unless I need you. Right. So I'm going to tell you something. I love you so much, and I am here for you, and I am going to stay with you forever. I'm going to be with you, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you have to be verbal about it. Let yeah. them know that. And let them know, look, I need a little bit of approval. I need a little bit. Yeah. You know, do you realize nothing I do is ever good enough? Mm. And I just need you to, to at least give me some appreciation. Yeah. I need you to do that. Um, and then when you get it, you got to overdo it and appreciate them for appreciating you for meeting those needs. Yeah. Um, never enough has to really take some time and focus on what they have to be grateful for in the first place. Because they're always searching for the thing that they don't have. Mm. Oh, I want to make sure I have the security. I want to have this. Hey, you at least got somebody playing a game for you. You got somebody right. who's doing this. You right. don't have to keep yanking them and, and, and moving forward and, and putting that carrot out in front of them. Um, you know, you need. The last thing I would say you have to do is go through your top three current wishes, express them and appreciate them when they're filled. And so you'll be like, okay. I really need you to do this, then be okay when it's done and let them know that it's done. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that that person then reacts Yeah, and that they, they appreciate that and you're loving them rather than exasperating them. Right. And the hope is that never enough will realize enough sometimes is a really good thing. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's never enough is pretty hurt. I mean, again, we're all hurt. Yeah. None of us are not hurt. Yeah. Um, we can all do better. We can all do better. 
Oh my gosh, we can all do better. Um, who's, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go I've first? I've been talking a lot. You go first. Um, so are you doing pasta? Yep. Okay. Um, so according to, uh, this is WPXI. That's local. It is local. Live and local. Marshall Township. Where is that? That's North Hills, baby. Okay. Protest breaks out in middle of night in Marshall Township. The hell you say? What do those lovely folks up there in the greater wealthy Marshall Township have to protest? <laughs> um, and it was early in the morning, like early in the morning. The protesters uh, may have may may have whom wore bandanas over their faces, displaying a sign that says "People over pipelines." People over pipelines. We won't go. <laughs> right. It's two in the morning. And this is a very short, like, report. It's a great report. <laughs> the next, the next sentence is: It is unclear what specifically was being protested. Police were called at about two a.m. to break up the protests, which took place in the area of Copper Creek Lane. So, one, you got to do better at your time. Like, who is out there at two a.m.? Like, who? <laughs> they really disrupted traffic out I there mean, in Copper gosh, Lane you know. Park. And uh, two... What about the branding? You're in branding, aren't you? Marketing? I am, yeah. I am in, you know, you want to get the message across. The message of people over pipelines. And I get that some people are against, you know, fracking and all that and whatnot. And, but but what, where specifically? What like people? What, yeah, what people and what pipelines are we talking about here? Like, I don't know. And even to the point where <laughs> the news is aware of this. Right, the, <laughs> That's there the best are part. Pictures of them. The news is like we we don't know what else to write. <laughs> we tried. We talked to their spokesperson. What did Brian say? It was the Antifa Farm League? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all you out there who are big Antifa. Yeah, fans. big uh, Antifa members out there. Uh, we've had a running theme in the do better section. Yeah, we do. Thieves. We've had well, we have several themes. Florida theme, which everybody does with these kind of things. Uh, another one is people shoving stuff down their pants. <laughs> we got to get a jingle for that. People shoving things down their pants. Dateline, Armadale, Western Australia. A would-be pasta thief got cold feet <laughs> after a pre-made pasta dish burned his thigh during an attempted heist at a Forest Road Fresh supermarket. Closed caption television footage recorded on June 29th. This is timely. Shows the man attempting to play it cool. Do you like the way this guy's writing this? Oh, you know man. what? Do better as you write this, because this is cliche <laughs> out the yin-yang. <laughs> Playing it cool after stuffing the aluminum to-go container down the side of his pants. Must be big pants. Before he even gets down the aisle, the meal becomes too hot to handle. Too cold to hold. Oh, wait, no. Too hot to handle. And the Aussie amateur thief. Oh, now, wait a minute. What? Why is he an amateur thief? Maybe he's been doing it for years, and he's just a bad professional thief. And what is what's the difference between an amateur thief and a pro thief? Hmm. See, it could be as, if the first time he's stealing hot pasta. He's never sold anything hot before, so he could be say, a pro. At I want to go places. with a poor thief. Okay. Uh, amateur thief ultimately ditches the dish, with a little head nod to alliteration. Um. 
the uh, the video is funny, and, and you can see it in our show. The notes. supermarket says stupidity at its highest form. Not only is it going to burn you, but it'll expose you to the public for attempted shoplifting. He has his like his pants like halfway down. You can see in the video, and he like drops the. What what pains me is he drops the pasta, and then like he walks away. I'm like, bro, the pasta. <laughs> He's wasting perfectly good. Pasta. Yes, come on, man. What a poor. I got no more alliteration. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes. People can't do better. Can't do better. Eric. Yeah. I do have a uh, title of this story is Uncle Rushes into Burning Home to Save His Eight-Year-Old Niece. And they do it again. My boy's name is Derek Bird. He's t- only 20 years old. Wow. He suffered severe burns to his face, yeah, arms, Yeah, he is, by the way. Back. I saw the picture. He is banned. That's like, like what they do on TV. Ugh. Like when they're like, hey, I got burned. And then they go in. Like, bro is burned. He is bandaged all over. Um he said he would run through the flames again to save the life of a loved one, even if it meant sacrificing his own. Um, and it, it goes on. He gets interviewed, but he, he ran back into the, He heard his niece screaming, which uh, how I do you mean, ever unhear that. Right. Like, how, like, exactly. How do you unhear that? But well, he re- what if he didn't <clears throat> go back in? That's very true. Um, and I'm so glad he did. He went in. <laughs> Through he like he just rushed through the flames. He could feel him his like skin burning oh. as he was running through, and then he took off his his t shirt, threw it over his niece's head so that she didn't breathe any of the smoke, and then just got out of there. To say how she ended up? No, but I think she's fine because like it doesn't show it, any pictures of her. Yeah, and it's it's you know they're recovering in the hospital, but didn't say that she was burned. Um. That's awesome, though. It is like I mean, I, come I mean on. it's horrible, but can't do better, man. You can't do better than that. Can't do better. Can't do better. The rest, and and the rest of his life, he's gonna have scars. It's gonna oh, be yeah. horrific. Yeah. But people will say, well, when they say, how'd you get that scar? Right. He's <laughs> he's a good story. He's got a good story. Yeah. You know, who else has a good story. Oh man. <laughs> Tim Crawley. <laughs> Tim Crawley has a good story. <laughs> Do you know why? I do know why. You do know why, but I'm not sure it with everybody. <laughs> yeah, do it. A baby bird has been given new lease on life after a resourceful party goer made sure that it could be transported to a rescue center in the safest and most modern way possible. Headline, too drunk to drive. Man saves baby bird's life by paying Uber to bring it to the rescue center. <laughs> Animal rescuers from the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center of Northern Utah were surprised to find an Uber waiting outside their front door last week. The only passenger that had been waiting in the back seat of the car was a tiny baby bird. Imagine being that Uber the driver. The bird was drunk. Oh wait, no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> well, here's here here's this is actually a hidden do better. Okay. Can't do better. All right. Tim Crawley and his friends had rescued the bird as they were in the middle of enjoying a weekend get together in Clinton. They had been sitting outside when the bird suddenly fell out of the sky. Not unlike last week's person that fell out of the fuselage and landed next to the uh, guy sunbathing. Yeah. Upon calling the rescue center, rescuers said that Crawley ought to bring the bird in for treatment. But Crawley had been drinking and he and his friends did not feel capable of driving the lesser, the little lesser goldfinch to the animal hospital. Wow. Little goldfinch. And here's why Tim's my boy. At first it was a joke. Like, hey, maybe we should just call an Uber. <laughs> then they were like, no, really? We're paying them. <laughs> Crawley and his friends then called for an Uber for the bird and told the driver about their unusual passenger. 
Well, when the driver canceled the trip due to the bizarre nature of the journey, Crawley then waited to tell their second driver about the feathery passenger until she had already arrived. So to that first Uber driver, I say unto thee, do better. I probably would have canceled too, let's be honest. <laughs> Duh, Guys I, that are drunk. I don't know. Do you need an Uber, man? No, sh- <laughs> I really shut up. I got him on the phone. <laughs> no. He's cool. He's cool. He's going to take the bird. <laughs> I could see you canceling it. Luckily, the woman agreed to drive the bird to the rescue center. The, uh, the, re- the rehabilitation center rescuers were confused by the arrival of the little bird, but quickly took it under its wing Hey-o. and made sure that it got proper treatment. The bird has been named PD Uber by the rescuers and it will most likely be ready to be released back in the wild just in time for the migration season at the end of the summer. There you go. So the moral of the story is if you're drinking, don't blame somebody else for the bird that falls in your lap. Don't say if only you could have made this bird get to the rehabilitation center and be frustrated or act like it's never enough. The moral of the story is <laughs> call Uber and get the second driver. Man. Don't tell your the moral of the story is don't tell your Uber driver what you're really doing. Man, you can't do better how you wrap that all up. That is how we wrap it up here at Lunchtime in Rome. Oh man, lunchtimeinrome.com. Uh follow us on Twitter and check us out on Facebook. Um we'll say see you later to the crowd that's on there right now and uh if you want to watch us live, join us on Facebook and uh join in on the conversation. We'd love to have you. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye.